2: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague on Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan.
0: This is Dirt and Sprague.
3: You know how fast you are going?
0: What? How fast you are going?
3: Hours. 65.
0: 63. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. You got to understand that I
4: don't come up with this stuff. I just forward it along. You wouldn't arrest a guy who's just
5: delivering drugs from one guy to another.
0: Dirt and Spray gone 1080. Oh yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? The Fan. First All right, welcome back in hour
3: number two. Dirt and here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan, the Odyssey app, 99.5 HD2, and of course, youtube.com backslash 1080 The Fan. You watch us live on YouTube. Hello. Make sure to subscribe too and like the video. We got to say that. We're YouTube stars now. Oh, you have to like the video. You got to like the video, and you got to subscribe to the channel. Uh, if you missed the first hour of the show, you can catch it at 1080thefan.com, the Service Patriots podcast is where you can find hour number one or any of the hours of our show, Danny Dusty, or primetime, along with our specialty shows through the week and the weekend. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash 1080thefan. the uh, Did you see, by the way, very quickly, mm-hmm. did you see the, I think, uh, Wes Lynn coach kind of calling out Nimic? No, we got beef, high school football <laughs> beef. <laughs> yeah. What does Wes Lynn have to be upset about? They're the, they're the top dog. I think he interpreted Nemec uh, saying that you know West it's something about Wes Lynn being angry or something. Okay. And he's like, This is not true. Oh local media podcast host. Yeah. <laughs> I always love when they take, like, that's the shot. That's how they frame it as, like, <laughs> local radio <laughs> podcast boy. Are we in the middle of a high school football beef right now? Is this happening? Are we now in the high school football scene again? I I just, I, Nimick wants to give takes on high school football. Like, he needs to stop ending them with, and I don't mean any offense to anybody. It's yeah, like, dude, just say. It. If you think Wes Lynn's going to trounce the whole field, uh, yeah. say it. So what did Eagle say?
4: John Eagles now, the, Is that
3: Okay, that's who it was. It was yeah, an Eagle. Head, head uh, I spotted
4: an Eagle on the timeline. At Wes mm. Former head coach at Camus when they were back winning titles.
3: I just care about the PIL. Is that when Sukannik hated them? <laughs> yeah, that was That would line up, uh, actually, that actually.
4: There's the beef. Now I'm connecting that. Actually that actually didn't have anything to do with Eagle. Oh, okay. That was a different
3: beef. That was the AD, right? Didn't, didn't that person? Yeah, get pissed there off? were
4: there were some <laughs> there were some parents and ads, and it's a long time ago. It's water under the bridge. Here it is. It's it's right, all we've on. all moved on.
3: John Eagle on October thirty first. Um, Apparently, a local podcast slash radio show stated that Westland football was not happy with the bracket. Mm. This is nonsense. Tee it up. We will play anyone, anytime, anywhere. Sound the whistle, kick the ball. Lions don't care. We just want one more night of ball with our brothers.
0: Roar! Roar!
3: <laughs> Nemec said, why would Wes Lynn even be mad? This doesn't actually even make sense. A lot of teams have legit gripes. Yeah. As I've very clearly laid out in the articles and interviews, Wes Lynn got the one seed and has blasted everybody and they probably will win a state championship i think we're all kind of assuming they're going to win every game by like 30 maybe central catholic pushes them a little bit but they're going to blow everybody yeah, out i don't
4: i don't know this sounds like somebody said something to eagle that got back to him because mm-hmm. his rant was not about it wasn't about Lynn. They're the one seed. They earned the one seed. It was about the overall
3: oh. seeding of other teams and how we had two elite teams in high school football, Lynn and Central Catholic, yeah, and, they, and they should be on other sides of the bracket. The yeah. Yeah. They should have done more to control that. One of our P1s jumped in and said, you're the number one seed. Why would you be mad? It sounds like you're trying to create <laughs> false narratives so people are slighting you. Hey, you got to find whatever it takes to motivate your team, man. Nobody's picking Oregon. Nobody Her- Herbstre didn't say he wouldn't want to play anybody else. Nobody is giving us a chance this year. Nobody. (laughs) Keep lying to yourselves. I'm (laughs) terrified. There's too many people that like my team now. Guess who jumped on the organ train yesterday, Swigard? These idiots need to shut their damn mouths. Here comes. Mike Francesa rolling up to the Oregon station. Of all the people, number could, one, number one, you guys are number one. I could see him winning that game. I could see them losing that game. They could win that game. They could lose that game. Either way, win lose, I don't know. Let's look at the box score. I of all the people that could support Oregon football, I think Mike Francesa is like the last one that I want on the bandwagon. That's what I thought. Of anybody <laughs> that could say something positive about my football team, Mike Francesa, like for the love of God, just shut your stupid Twitter fingers up and stick to just watching. Like, like American League East baseball, because that's all you know. You don't watch college football. I knew the Beavers were in trouble last weekend when I heard Rod Gilmore's voice. (laughs) I went, ah, this is going to be dumb, isn't it? No,
4: not Rod, no. there it is. Damn it, Rod.
3: Shut up, Rod. Hey, uh... (laughs) Should Tony Petiti suspend or do something about Harbaugh in Michigan? There was reportedly, according to Pete Thamel, a coach's call in the Big Ten yesterday. All the coaches were on including Harbaugh, and then they basically said, hey, we want to talk about you, and Harbaugh was like, okay, and he just got off the call. He was on it for 30 minutes and then hung up, and everybody else stayed on. And they stayed on, and we don't know who or how many, but we were told a few coaches on that call, several, uh, were basically telling Tony Battiti, you need to do something. We are outraged. This is ridiculous. And it, there's a lot of indications to say they're not going to do anything for the season. Should they, though? I think that they should. What should they do? Uh, I don't know the answer to that question. Well, because you can't say they should and then not Well, look, I'm not the I commissioner of the Big Ten. You want to pay me $15 million a year, I'll come up with an answer for you're, you. I'm not the commissioner of the Big Ten. You realize what you're doing. <laughs> You know what you're doing. I'm eliminating a competitor. Get them out of the way. You're doing a Danforth. Sure, I totally am. Yeah, you're well, not look, offering a solution. I, we've never seen anything like this before. That's why I don't know what the solution is. Uh, do you ban them from playing the rest of their games? Do you keep them from going to the Big Ten championship game? Do you for, like give forfeits? I I don't know, but you got it. Here's what I, I will say. I don't know what the ultimate answer is, but you got to do something. Nothing to me is a disaster for a commissioner because right now you have at least 10, maybe 11, maybe 12. We don't know how many different teams have piled on Michigan and accused them of cheating and sent uh, evidence to the Big Ten. But you have the overwhelming majority of your conference that is saying, wait a minute, these guys blatantly cheated. Mm Mm-hmm. They did it ir- 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 irregardless of any rule. They put people on the sideline of a Central Michigan-Michigan State game, which, by the way, Central Michigan still hasn't said anything about finding that assistant coach. That was definitely the dude who was filming Michigan State sideline. Like, they have blatantly broken the rules over and over and over again. Every team in the conference has sent Petiti, their commissioner, evidence. Here's the guy in the stands, filming the sideline. Here's all the evidence you need. When you have the overwhelming overwhelming majority of your conference saying they cheated, and if the conference doesn't do anything, dude, you are creating some massive problems on your hands for down the road. And just saying, ah, oh, we'll figure it out. Ah, oh, we'll let the NCAA figure it out. Like, really? You don't have the balls to act on this when this dude is blatantly cheating? You have to do something. I don't know what the ultimate answer is. Banning them from a Big Ten title game or forfeiting games, I don't know. But doing nothing, I think, would be a disaster. You need more... Don't you need, like concrete things like i know we're seeing the video and pictures i think they have the concrete evidence they have sent it to the big 10 and that's fair to say but i i i think you hit on something there i don't know there's no precedent for this no precedent
4: yeah you gotta go deep 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 into the bylaws you gotta have your attorneys because if you go down that road to implement action you have to have it locked up where Michigan can't come back like and, forfeiting games and banning from I don't Big know 10 about that I game? think they could ban them from postseason play at least Big Ten in I've, the season then that's I mean we've never seen that have we no but we've never seen anything like this before so if well
3: we have it just it, did you read Feldman's piece not yet uh, it's basically full of coaches who anonymously say yeah I mean like <laughs> a lot of people do this but they they went an extra step like what they did is kind of normal but then they took it, Connor right. Stallions in his manifesto took but it a Everybody step is looking to pick up signs. Yes. We just had this in the Utah USC game. After the game, Lincoln Riley said they're, they're, Utah's known for picking up on opponent signs. Again, there's a difference between picking up on signs and, going and sending somebody yeah. to a game yeah. to film the entire sideline, the entire game and then having <laughs> a freaking laminated page with the hand signals standing next to the defensive coordinator every time there's a hand signal then whispering in his ear, run or pass. Yeah. And then you get the story of what T.C you did in the college football playoff last year. Michigan was dominant last season. They were one of the best teams in the country. They were 12-0. and 0. They smoked Ohio State in their biggest game of the year. What happened when they made the college football playoff? Uh, They got absolutely um, embarrassed. One of the more shocking losses that I can remember. I loved Michigan in that game. Everybody loved Michigan in that game. You know what happened? TCU realized and they got word that Michigan was stealing signs. And they had dummy signs the entire game. And then they changed who gave the signs. They changed it all up. And it's funny that once that happened, Michigan wasn't quite as dominant. What a unique circumstance. Well, I would actually add to that. Uh, you've been a Harbaugh guy. Uh, how funny that this all traces back to three years ago. <laughs> They're 33-3 and three in the span that this has hmm. been happening. Hmm. What was happening prior to this? Hmm. A lot of hot seat conversations. A lot of hot seat, can't beat Ohio State stuff, and then suddenly you implement a great strategy, and you you can't lose. You're indestructible almost. So I just, and I, I don't think what you're saying is crazy. I just, we've never seen it to, to have yeah. a conference come in and say, in season, you're prohibited? But to your other point, I don't – it sounds like to Thamel, he will lose a vast majority of the coaches and ADs, Tony yeah. Petiti will. Of the other schools. If he doesn't do it, but then we've also never seen this happen. So, like, I don't – do you want to set the precedent? I don't know what you do here. and Or do you want to send the message that it's okay, that they're going to go unpunished and we're going to let the NCAA handle this and it might take 10 years for the NCAA to figure this out. And is that the message you want to send to your other institutions, that cheating is okay? Like somebody's texting in, is it really against the rules? Yes. Yes. The way they were doing it, the, the way it, yeah. they were doing yeah. it, yes. yes. Like having a coach watch the sidelines and try and pick up on a certain signal here or there, that is a, that is the through the course of normal uh, uh, efforts to, to figure something out about your opponent. This is taking it to a different level. I have used the analogy, and I think it's fair, of this is the Astros filming from the outfield the catcher signals and then banging a trash can. If you're on second base and you pick up the signals and what they're doing That's on the other team for not changing their signals up, and that's totally fair to pick up. But using cameras, filming things, having laminated sheets, this is taking it to a level that we have never seen before. Uh, Coming up next, I want to talk about transfer quarterbacks. I put a poll question up at Dirt and Sprague last night. Which transfer quarterback has surprised you the most? Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., or Jaden Daniels? That's next on The Fan.
0: Call from mom. Answer it
6: Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, we haven't been able to recover from
3: Dirt's epic rant on Bruce Bochy. <laughs> He's the goat, man. He's the goat. We've got Brady Henderson coming up at the bottom of the hour, so I don't have a lot of time here, which pisses me off. I read a really good article last night on Jaden Daniels on ESPN, and uh, about how like he went to he went to LSU, and Brian Kelly just admits flat out like we eh, we don't expect this guy to be our quarterback. He thought he was going to get outbeat. He didn't look at him as like a program quarterback that could take LSU to to heights and compete. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, he won the job and had an amazing season. His down the field numbers are amazing. He's got one of the best QBRs. I mean, he I I know he has two losses. I get it. And we've talked about Bo maybe winning because he's you know best player on best team stuff. Statistically, Daniels is a and should be front runner for Heisman Trophy. He has a, a, an opportunity this weekend to do something that nobody does, and that's beat Nick Saban twice. It's also the one thing that I think is missing from his resume. He doesn't have a quality win. He bit, They beat Bama last year. I'm saying this year in his Heisman campaign. Oh, well, I mean. You, I think you need to have one of those marquee, like, what's their best win this season, Missouri? Isn't that, I mean, is that that different than Utah? Are we going to prop? I'm, I'm, I don't think Bo Nix should be the front runner for Heisman. I'm not arguing that. I agree with that overall take. But I'm not putting Jaden Daniels ahead of some of the other guys that are on this list. You're looking for the Heisman moment? I, I need a quality win. Like, mm. can we just, if Missouri was in any other conference, like, stop it. <laughs> Missouri's not bad. They're fine. They're fine. But hmm. let's not act like that's a top 10 win. Well, he uh, he's got an opportunity this weekend. You beat Bama, yeah. and you beat him twice. Like Nick Saban was very complimentary of him. Brian Kelly in this story talks about how he's basically an NFL quarterback, and oh by the way, he's making more money than one. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Hey, does he make as much as he would as a rookie?" And Kelly goes, "He makes more." So he's making a lot of money at LSU, uh, and I like. I think it's a great story. I I asked a I did a poll question last night because I read this and it it made me kind of like think like how do people view this. Who has been more surprising in terms of they've turned it around and done things that you, you weren't sure about? Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., or Jaden Daniels? I mean, the answer is all the three, because I didn't expect any of the three to turn into this. But which one like really does surprise I, you a little more than the others? I hate that I have to answer this because it's going to show the preconceived biases that go into it, but I would answer Jaden Daniels because of the conference that he went to. And I hate that I feel that way, but it's my answer. And I will always be thankful for him. Because last year there was an underground swell of like, the only reason Bo Nix is having success in the Pac-12 is because he's in the Pac-12. He got out of the SEC. Couldn't handle it in the SEC. Now he's in an inferior conference and look what happens when he gets out of the big, bad, mean SEC. And we will always have the counter-argument of Jaden Daniels sucked at Arizona State. He was horrible in our conference. And then he went to your big bad boy conference and look at the numbers he's put up. He's a Heisman contender. So I will always be thankful for him in that regard. Yeah. But I have yeah. that, like, preconceived bias of he's doing it in the SEC, therefore it's more impressive. And I hate that I do that, but that's my answer on the question. Well, but if you I don't think it's a... Yeah, I hear what your bias is. To me, it's just about, like, what you really expected from any one of the I didn't expect players. any of them to be good. I hated that Bonix transferred to Oregon. I know. Washington fan hated that Michael Penix transferred to Washington. We had a comment on the youtube stream where a husky fan said when he transferred i was pissed and i thought he was going to be heward's backup yeah the younger heward I did too they like what are we doing here why are we bringing this dude in i thought damon heward's kid was going to be the <laughs> franchise he was what the five star quarterback yes. that stayed locally like i yes. thought that was a done deal and DeBoer comes in and he's like, no, nah, I got a guy. I got a guy. I got a guy that I like. He's pretty good. Kenny Dillingham. I got a guy that I like. Yeah, we know this guy. And, you know, I think this lends itself to good conversation with transfer quarterbacks in the portal. Like, so we had somebody who was like, why is DJ not on this? Because DJ, we knew DJ could be good. And everybody thought DJ coming to Oregon State would make them better. And they, they are good. Uh, I just, statistically speaking, he's not in the same category as he's. Like, you can give me a QBR stat if you want, but it's just not the same. Well, but it's also Part of that's the offense he plays in. He's also not in this conversation because, surprise. Like, hey, surprise, Jaden Daniels might be the best quarterback in the SEC. Surprise. Holy crap, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Michael Penix, Bo Nix, top five Heisman Trophy finalists. Surprise. Didn't see that coming. DJ playing well at Oregon State and Oregon State being what they are. That's not surprising anybody. I This was a tough one for me to vote. And I ultimately ended up choosing Penix. Hmm. And I didn't see Daniels doing this. This is crazy. No. no. But I've, I've shared this time and time again. My idea of Michael Penix going to Washington was, oh, mobile quarterback who can't stay healthy? And now he's just elite passer? <laughs> I didn't see that coming at all. No. Knicks? I didn't expect the world with Knicks, but man, that system, it it just, and after that Georgia game, it was hard for Duck fan to go. Yeah. I really want him to stay quarterback. There's a lot of calls for Ty Thompson in that game. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you weren't alone, but it, it was a great mix. And we had seen some ups and some downs from Knicks at Auburn because he was there for as long as he was. And I just didn't think Jane Daniels had this ability as a quarterback and Michael Penix. I also didn't see coming. So like I'm splitting hairs here as you are with all three, but it is a good read and a reminder of, like, you just don't know what a certain quarterback's going to give your program if they transfer in. There's a frustration I have with Daniels. Maybe he wins this weekend and it proves me wrong, and they go on to win the SEC and upset Georgia, and this becomes a valid valid season of of Heisman contention. I just have a frustration of, I feel like if he was in any other conference, we would not be talking about him as a Heisman contender. And the main category that I will point, or the main player I will point to, go put up Jaden Daniels' numbers and put him next to Caleb Williams. They're nearly identical. I think Caleb Williams has been awesome again. Right, I, but I, is anybody having a conversation that Caleb Williams is a Heisman contender? No, they're no they're punishing him for his coach and his defense being For losing awful. how many games has USC lost this year? Uh two. Two, yeah. How many losses did L S U have right now? Two might have three after this weekend yards are identical I think Williams has more passing yards I think he has more touchdowns or they're right it's like 25 or 26. Uh, so Daniels I think is tied for the most with 25. yeah Caleb Williams has 25 there you go they're yeah. tied together tied together one has three picks one has four picks yep. uh Daniels has more rushing yards but Caleb has more rushing touchdowns so I like they're the same. Like uh, Daniels has a slightly higher completion percentage, so he's like seventy three to sixty nine. So he's nice. He's got a nice little benefit there. I. This is my frustration with the SEC stuff, and I'm guilty of it too because I just answered the question with SEC bias. If he was playing in the Big Twelve, nobody's taking this seriously as a Heisman candidate. But how how much of that conversation is dictated by hype and prospect ranking? Right? Like Daniels isn't. Is Daniels even in the top three quarterback prospects? No. no, no. Who is Caleb Williams? So when his team loses unfairly or fairly, however you want to categorize it, he's the one that gets punished for it in some ways. This is what I said yesterday, I've seen him and I hear I hear what people are saying about he's got happy feet. Uh, Yeah, he should. His (laughs) pass protection from time to time can be awful. His offensive line is terrible. And much like Bo, he's really good throwing the ball on the run. He is. He's got the arm strength for it, the accuracy for it. I think he's been just as awesome. I just think his defense is worse, and his coach is kind of having a weird year. Yeah. But he, he's the one as a player who gets penalized for it. He gets penalized and Jane Daniels does it. Nope. And that's my frustration. Uh, it's a good read. It's a really good read. And I, I'll be, I'm i going to compliment myself. I thought that was a really good poll question. Because that's a really good poll question. I don't know who people would vote. Duck fan, I think, jumped in and said Knicks because of their own biases. Husky <laughs> fan probably voted Penix. Every fan wants to say their guy because none of us right. wanted that guy. And now we're all apologetic. I had to apologize to Bo Nix like on a weekly basis last year. Every time he kept winning games and getting better, I was like, dude, my bad. My bad. I, I got got own up to that one. You interviewed him before the year. Did you tell him and apologize to him to his face? Like, I told hey, him, dude, him I doubted you last year. Yeah, I told him when he when I first saw him in an Oregon uniform, it was really weird, and it took me a long time to feel comfortable with this because I remember being in Dallas when he beat us on the final play of the game, or nearly the final play of the game, yeah. and I said, "Is it weird for was it weird for you the first time?" And he said, "Yes." So I was like, "All right, we're simpatico on that." It was strange for both of us, and now we've grown to love each other. Uh, Gino Smith, <laughs> another quarterback that has surprised people with his tenure in Seattle. They go to they go to. Baltimore this weekend against the Ravens, first place in the NFC West, and they've made a trade. We talk a little Seahawks with our good buddy Brady Henderson of ESPN for the Daily Ticker next, and then Ken Barkley at 8 a.m.
4: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
0: In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about. Some you haven't. how do you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan.
3: All right. Well, it is Daily Ticker time, but our phones currently are not ringing, so that's ah, not good. That's fantastic to hear. We'll see if we can get Brady Henderson on the line here and if the phones are figured out. I don't know why we still don't have Zoom capability. Well, especially now that we're on YouTube. It would be ideal because then we could pop somebody up and they could be on with us and we could all make eye contact. Well, like I, I know we can make Zoom interviews happen because I remember when we had a a co-host do a show on our station and it basically turned into her just doing her news TV show <laughs> for three hours so she didn't have to do the work in the other area. We did a lot of those Zoom interviews and I, I'm just surprised it's not more readily available. You would think, right? <clears throat> the internet, 2023. If we're, if we're, did, the, did we get them? Did the phone him? work? Brady, can you hear us? Are you there?
5: Yeah. Sorry. Oh, were you guys trying to reach me? Earlier? No,
3: it's no, our, no, our phones. It's, our phones working. are stupid. It's on us. Our technology usually well, I, doesn't I work. live
5: on a boat, so it's probably me. I'm like basically, <laughs> you know, got the Campbell's soup can and the string deal. You know, I, so saw
3: one a, one. Uh, I saw a Step Brothers performance, and now I uh, the other day at a Snoop Dogg concert, they were doing like a charity thing, and now I kind of want to ask you, do you have any hose on your boat? Oh you, God, are you a boats no, and hose that. guy? Come on.
5: No, I I know the reference, but okay, uh, no, okay. Just Not wanted shows lemonheads, you know. <laughs> like, that's, 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 that's,
3: that's, <laughs> well played. Hey, let's get to. I mean, the big trade deadline come and go. It, it was very exciting. Seattle makes a massive addition. I'm curious your reaction to it initially when you see the upgrade on the defensive line, and then if it changed at all after you saw some of the other names got tr- that got traded and what they went for.
5: Yeah, so first reaction was um, not surprised because that was a name that had kind of been thrown around. I I had even said uh, that that was a guy that that, that, that's sort of the exact kind of guy that they need um, defensively, personnel-wise, for um, you know kind of what they want to do. And they had been looking for a player like that even since the start of the season, really. Um, And I think the need was maybe heightened for a difference maker up front uh, after they lost to Cheninowosu. So it certainly wasn't a surprise they gave up more than I thought that they would uh, between, you know, the second round pick and the, and the fifth round pick in the 2025 draft. I think you could probably distill the trade uh, down to um, it's basically a second round pick and you're getting, you know, $9 million in cash and cash space for 10 games of Williams. I think that's a fair way to looking at it uh, because if he leaves after this season, you end up getting a compensatory pick in the 2025 draft that would probably equal to or better than the fifth round pick. They're giving up in that draft in this Mm. trade. So I think you could boil it down to just the second round pick uh, for Williams and about, you know, eight and a half million, uh, nine nine plus million dollars, because that's what the giants took on in salary. Now that's part of the reason why they gave up such a high pick uh, was because of that, the salary trade off there. If they took on the contract as it was, and owed Williams the remaining ten million dollars on his contract, which they couldn't do because they couldn't afford that, then they would have had you know, they wouldn't have had to give up a second round pick. You're probably looking at a third or a fourth. Uh but because the Giants took on the majority of the remaining salary, that's why it got up to a, a second round pick. So I know, you know, Chase Young didn't go for as much. Um I you know, and like time will tell who got the better end of that deal, whether it was right. San Francisco Um, or the Seahawks, but I know that Young was available when the Seahawks got Williams, and Williams was clearly the guy that they wanted. I think they were concerned about Young's medical situation and the fact that, um, you know, Washington seemed to be intent on treating Young, whereas uh, the Seahawks kind of had to pry Williams away from the Giants, and I think that was kind of a red flag um, when, when they felt that Washington just didn't want to keep Young around.
3: You know, Brady, I, I was reading a couple of your blurbs on the Seahawk page at ESPN, and as a guy who would bet Cleveland plus three and a half, I uh, I, I was a little hurt by what happened at the end of that game. But, you know, it, uh, Lumen Field can be weird for visiting teams. I'm curious, that was a really tough test because Cleveland's defense has been good and they came through at the end with that final drive. They now get to go on the road, and I love the blurb you have there, Pete Carroll of basically saying, hey, what a break for us, another great defense, this time on the road. What did you learn or what have you learned about the Seahawks' offense so far this year?
5: Yeah, I mean, they've got all the weapons that you want. I think they, they've they proven to be pretty resilient, too, with uh, as well as they've done despite all the injuries up front. I, I think they've had, what is it, in, in seven games, I think they've had five different offensive line combinations. And, you know, they've had to start backups at both tackle spots for most uh, of the season or at least uh, at at least one spot for most of the season. And um, so I I think that, you know, the offense is still, it's still got a ways to go before it, it reaches its peak, just because some of the third down numbers uh, still aren't there. And, and some of the red zone issues, you know, they, they, they're moving the ball pretty well, but they, you know, can't always finish in the red zone. And then, you know, Geno Smith is kind of in another turnover funk right now. And, um, you know, as I always say, every interception has a story and, I think the the one, the first one that he threw last week, um, you know, that wasn't really a case of him being overly aggressive. That was just a defensive guy making a nice play, undercutting the route. The second one on the tip ball, anytime the ball gets tipped in the air, there's a little bit of luck involved there. Um, for, for Jamal Adams and Julian Love at the end of that game, it was good luck for the Seahawks, for Geno Smith in this one, when a 300-pound defensive tackle tips it in the air and catches it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of bad luck, but by and large, you know that's five interceptions over the past three games and he he just doesn't seem to be playing that point guard style of quarterback that Pete Carroll wants him to play so i would imagine that yeah there there probably is some concern in that building about uh the turnovers there and 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 just some of the other miscues but He's also the quarterback of a five and two team that's in first place, and he led yeah. a game winning drive in the final minute uh, on Sunday.
3: He absolutely did. He also had a moment where a Cleveland defender like had a pick six in his hands, and he just dropped the pass. And you go on, you fight another day. Is this? Would you chalk it up to the offensive line injuries for maybe his inconsistent play, given where he was last year? I don't know how you know likely it was to repeat the same year he had last year, but would you attribute the offensive line health to maybe the season he's had?
5: I I don't know if that's the reason entirely. Now, now some of the throws uh, that he missed in that game, I, I think, were a product of, you know, their game plan was really designed to get the ball out quickly. Um, you know, knowing that Miles Garrett is on the other side, knowing that he can completely wreck games. They've got some other good brushers as well. And so uh, I think some of those throws may have been rushed a little bit just because that was the, the, the game plan the the near pick six, it really should have been a pick six because they hit the defensive back right in the hands. I think that was maybe on Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, for stopping his route. Um but, you know, there's the you know the two red zone interceptions, I think those were completely on Gino where he just, you know, got way too aggressive and, and sort of tried to play hero ball a little bit and made throws that you just don't need to make when you know that you've got at least a good chance of getting three points uh in your back pocket there and um that that would be the interception versus the Bengals, and then a similar one versus uh arizona both of those in the red zone where you just can't really make mistakes like that
3: Hmm. they got a brutal stretch of schedule coming up with the 49ers twice and the cowboys and eagles sandwiched in there as well so i guess i'll start with just how important is this weekend's game in baltimore to go get one of those marquee wins first part and then the last question i have for you brady is what's been your favorite road trip so far this year what's been the favorite city that you visited
5: Oh, well, I got to go with New York. I think New York is yeah. one of the coolest cities on the planet. So that was a Monday night game. They had to buy after that, and I uh, I extended the trip by a day or two just because there was nothing really going on uh, that week. And so I'm always going to stay in New York. Um, and then in terms of this game, yeah, you know, it is – it's going to be a tough one. That's a, another first-place team. I think they're 6-2, uh, one of the best defenses in the NFL right now. Now, you know, I think by and large in this part of the schedule – They've really got to make hay, uh, knowing that they've got that brutal stretch, you know, coming up in a few weeks where it's two games against uh, the 49ers, one against Dallas, one against Philadelphia. Um, but, you know, you could just as easily put this game in that stretch and say this is as tough as any of those games. And so I, don't, I, I wouldn't view this as a, a must-win game. You know, it's also an AFC game, and so it doesn't really uh, count as much in the standings when you talk about potential tiebreakers. Uh, at the end of the season. So I wouldn't call it a must win, but boy, this would be nice. You'd feel a lot better about their chances uh, coming up in that brutal stretch. um, If they, if they pull this game off, knowing that you've got some pretty winnable games uh, in between then with Washington, which, you know, is bad to begin with. And then they have sort of gone through a fire sale at the trade deadline. And then, uh, the Rams, who obviously beat the Seahawks in Week One, but I think they have kind of come back down to earth since then.
3: Uh, Brady, how excited are they in that building so far of what they've seen from Reek Woolen since he's come back and Devon Witherspoon making his debut? He he looks like he's living up to kind of the hype Pete Carroll talked about after they drafted him. How do you think they're feeling right now about some of those secondary guys?
5: Well, I, I think quietly there's probably some uh, you know comments of "see, I told you" with Witherspoon, and you know, remember everybody wanted not everybody, but a lot of people wanted them. Uh, to draft Jalen Carter uh, just because he was the, you know, really high profile prospect at the position of, you know, probably the biggest need position uh, on their entire roster. And look, he's, he's off to a great start. It's probably those two guys right now are the front runners for defensive rookie of the year. I know um, Carter is leading the NFL in terms of defensive tackles in pass rush win rate as an interior guy. So um, that's to take nothing away from the season he's having, but you know, Devin Witherspoon looks like the absolute real deal. Uh, And he looks like everything you'd expect of a number five overall pick. And so, um, you know, he's got the interception. He's got a couple sacks. And really, he should have one more sack and one more interception because he had one of each in the Arizona game. And they were both negated by penalties that really didn't impact the outcome of the play. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of excitement there. I I think Woolen, you know, that interception felt like it was – like he was due for one of those just because he'd been back – Uh, from the the chest injury for a while you know he missed some time over the summer with uh the the knee injury that he had to have surgery on and remember this is a second year guy who's still pretty new to the position so I think that time that he missed that was I know he was a pro bowl guy but last year but he's still a young player who needed those reps and so I think that was a bit of a setback for him and and he's now kind of starting to find his groove and making up for the time that he missed and uh I remember talking to somebody on another radio show, and and they thought that you know, going into that game that this was the game that he was going to sort of break out and make a play, and he did with that interception.
3: Awesome stuff, as always. Live from his boat, Brady Henderson, one of our favorites, Seattle Seahawks reporter for ESPN. Go give him a follow on Twitter for all the inside and info. At Brady Henderson. Brady, thanks as always, my man. Hopefully we can catch up again soon. All right, you got it, guys. Thank you. There you go. Brady Henderson. One of our favorites, man. Really good. Really plugged in. And they gotta be feeling good. They're five and two, going on the road this weekend to take on the Baltimore Ravens. I want to talk a little bit about the weekend in the in the NFL that we have. You put up a poll question last night. Is Chiefs and Dolphins enough to get you out of bed early on Sunday morning? And we got some showdowns. We'll start looking at it next on the fam. All right, our good friend Ken Barkley coming up top of the hour. Get his bets on the weekend. What is he like? What does he not like? Ken Barkley, always look forward to talking to Ken. On Thursdays at eight, Joe V on Fox 12 out here taking us to the gun show. He is, yeah. We got Fox 12 on. They're da- they're showing the new blazer uniforms. We have plaid uniforms, or they're black with the red lettering plaid, and it says Rip City across the front. The City Edition. It's the si- oh, that was the the City Editions this year. They're gonna wear them for the Cup. Okay, the cu- yeah, I mean, Cup starts in a couple days. The Cup is big. time. we're we're coming into the Cup hot. Yeah. We're riding a heater into the cup. I like our chances. Hey, maybe we win a cup. Dude, that'd be awesome. Would the cup feel the same as <laughs> no. a finals? God no, for the love of god. Really? That's the stupidest thing you've ever asked. Uh, you guys ask have... a lot of stupid things. Mm. That has to take the cake. <laughs> if I had the biceps of Joe V, I'd also wear a I'd wear a tank top on the show now that we're on YouTube. I'm not hating on Joe V. I just I <laughs> I, I'm almost wondering did you choose to do the segment <laughs> yeah, to wear yeah, the jersey yeah. so you could show the guns off or I think this is the this is the equivalent of you shirtless runners who like to do it because it's like oh, it's hot out. It's like no, it's not you just want to show off your body. We know what you're doing you're not fooling anybody okay when I go for runs in the summer it's also hot. I don't take my shirt off. you know why because I'm fat that's why. You bastards. Well, I I, I would agree with you, except I still, I'm pasty white. So, like, it doesn't matter how good or bad I look. You Uh can't see anything. It's just a white sheet. I'm blinded. You're the Slender Man from uh, What's-His-Nuts. Yes. Victor showing up as Slender Man the other day. Yeah. Uh, Let's get to the NFL slate this weekend. If I give you one game to watch, you only have one game to watch this weekend. Yeah. One game. Play the fun game. Yeah. Which one do you choose? You Chargers, got, Jets. I mean, how do you not, right? Zach Wilson, the Milfs are on the hunt. It's a big, big game. You got Chiefs and Dolphins early in the morning in Germany. Uh, I think the Seahawks Ravens game belongs in this category. Five and two, six and two. Division leaders. Why would it not, right? I think Cowboys and Eagles. Like Cowboys, no. prove something to me. You're no. in Philadelphia. No. Philly has not been as dominant, even though they are seven and one, but they're kind of eking out wins. They were down early in that game against Washington this last weekend. Bills and Bengals Sunday Night Football Oof. give you one to watch. Which one do you pick? I don't know how. Hmm. Mm. Actually, I shouldn't say that because I mm. do know how. Ah, this is a tough one. I think those are all great games. And I'm legitimately putting Chargers Jets in this conversation. <laughs> you you got to stop doing that. You got to stop. Stop, stop doing that. You got to stop doing that. Get it out of here. You know, Dolphins, Chiefs may be it. I'm going to pick Bengals Bills because the Bengals have won a couple games. They just went to San Francisco. They did. Buffalo is in a spot now where... Is that my computer playing audio? Was that your computer? Uh, Buffalo is now in a spot where is this is revenge, man. This team ended your season. They've looked a little up and down. Cincinnati seems to have put it together here. What happens here? Yeah. I, 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 could, I could see both scenarios, but I don't know who's going to win that football game. Ravens I kind of lean on at home against the Seahawks. They seem pretty pissed that they allowed the Cardinals to come back. Uh, Chiefs-Dolphins is in Germany, so I don't know if it's going to get weird. Yeah, early in the morning. It also kind of sucks, a little's taken off that game, that the fact that the Kansas City offense is not very good. So, like, if they would have been better, it would have been fun, like two offenses against two good offenses. And uh, the the other one, the Cowboys-Eagles, is a little bit of what you said. Like, prove hey, Dallas, it. prove it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, stay tuned for spreading line tomorrow because I have a, I love a side on that game. Whoa, so I'm going to vote tees. Bengals-Bills. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with you there. I I think I would lean uh, Chiefs and Dolphins because I think Miami has the offense that can win a Super Bowl. I just don't know if they're a complete team to win a Super Bowl. They're also in search of one of those kind of wins. Like I do this with Dallas a lot. I think it's fair. But Dallas has been shoved down our throats more over the years. Like Miami needs one of those wins. They went to Buffalo and they got smoked. They went to Philly and they lost. And that's not bad. Like it's a regular season. It doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. But they're looking for one of those kind of wins. And so I'm I'm I can't wait to see that game. Was Kansas City's funky weekend more about an illness that was going through the locker room? Or is this just kind of who they're gonna be a little clunky offensively with a good defense all year? And Miami has not been great defensively, but they are getting healthier as the year goes on. That one to me, I, I hate that it's a six thirty game. I will get up early and watch it. You had a poll question on that last night, but I think if I had to pick one, I would choose Dolphins and Chiefs. Did you see McDaniel's presser yesterday? I did. Yes, I did. Waltzed in in Germany and says, "Okay, I know what you're all thinking. <laughs> I'm much bigger in person." Somebody tweeted us and said, "That's Dirt Dirt's new tagline on the show." As I walk into a room, it says we're on YouTube, and I stand up, much bigger, much bigger than I actually look, huh? Joke's on you now. Five eight and a half, bitch. We got to like. <laughs> we got a lot to get to in the Why final Why do you need game? that half inch so You bad. need a half inch. You do? Okay? Every half inch counts, okay. man. All Every right. half inch and quarter inch counts. Okay.
0: Smell the ass of a porcupine. Uh,
3: we got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. Uh, I want to get to a local story that has not been talked about yet. What do we make of it? I would like to discuss that in the final hour. Some more college football notes to get to. We will start, though, with our buddy, Ken Barkley. Yeah, which game does he like the most? What does he like the most? Ken Barkley, one of our favorites. He kicks out the final hour next on 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by
6: Progressive Insurance.